0: Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Hey there, Impact Makers. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Impact Makers Podcast, I'm Jennifer McClure, a professional speaker, entrepreneur, and business strategist, and each week I share tools, tips, and resources to help you build a career that you love and to live a life that matters. Today, we're going to talk about networking, specifically why you must always be networking, who you should be networking with, and how you can network like a pro, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert and I'm gonna share 10 awesome questions that you can ask to start great conversations at networking events, while leaving those that you come in contact with thinking that you are absolutely the most interesting person in the world, or at least the most interesting person that they met at the event, and hopefully someone that they'd like to know more about. But before I call out some of the egregious mistakes that we've all likely made at some point when networking, like giving out business cards as if they were candy, I'd like to thank King University, whose support makes this podcast possible. King is proud to offer 16 online degrees with accelerated programs and affordable tuition so you can start a new career faster than ever. You can choose from programs in technology, communication, and business, like an online MBA with six concentrations, including human resources management. And because the program is offered fully online, you can earn your degree on your own schedule in as little as 16 months. Visit JenniferMcClure.net forward slash KingU, that's K-I-N-G, the letter U, to learn more about the King difference today. When you hear the word networking or someone tells you that you need to, quote, network, what comes to mind? In general, if you're extroverted or you gain energy by interacting with people, then you may feel as excited about networking as you would as if someone invited you to a theme park with lots of rides and roller coasters. Assuming, of course, that you like theme parks and roller coasters. Of course, if you're more introverted or you prefer to avoid situations where you're around a lot of people that you don't know well, you may feel as excited as you would as if someone invited you to go to the dentist's office. Unless, of course, you like going to the dentist office, which probably means that you're a relative of the dentist and, and you actually like them. Or you're a masochist. I don't know. No judgment here, I guess. <laughs> now, I know those are generalizations, but I think I can safely say that most people, whether they're introverts or extroverts, aren't great at networking, even if they love it or even if they think they're good at it. So why is that? Well, it's because most people aren't approaching networking in a strategic way and considering a skill and a practice that's critical for their personal and professional development. But I have great news. That doesn't have to be you. Whether you love networking or you hate it, or you don't know what it means to be good at it, I can help. And like most things I can help you with, I've learned the importance of networking and how to do it the right way, the hard way, by doing it wrong. For a very, very long time before someone helped me and showed me the light. Back in episode seven of this podcast, I shared a bit about my career journey from business leader to executive recruiter to professional speaker. And I talked about the point where I engaged a career coach when I found myself without a job after being invited to leave my comfortable corporate gig to go find my bliss elsewhere. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I'd recommend checking it out. I share more about my coach. Mike Lynch and his career coaching process, which pulled me out of my comfort zone, threw me right into the networking pool, where I had to learn to swim in order to get that achievement medal that I desperately wanted. Well, there actually wasn't a medal, and he wasn't grading my performance, but as a naturally competitive person, I had to find a way to gamify the process to get myself to take action. Prior to working with Mike, my networking approach could have been best described with an anti-Nike slogan, just don't do it. I wasn't comfortable with going out to meet with people if I didn't have to, and I didn't see others outside of my company where I worked as people who could help me in my job or my career, and I definitely wasn't thinking about how I could help other people beyond the employees on my team or in my organization. In other words, my networking strategy was similar to how many people, if not most people, view networking as not something that's necessarily for me. Until, of course, I found myself in need, specifically in need of a job, so I had to begrudgingly fire up the networking machine. But guess what happened when I started and began with a good coach networking the right way? I connected with so many wonderful people, some of whom I felt could have really been helpful to me in my previous job as a VP of HR. They had different approaches and ideas that I could learn from. They knew of resources I wasn't familiar with, and they had suggestions for steps I could take to grow personally and professionally. And they knew even more great people that they kindly introduced me to. So even as a card-carrying introvert, I kicked myself more than once for intentionally missing out on one of the greatest resources out there that could have helped me in my career. So why should you network? I believe it's because you'll learn more, grow more, and give more when you're connecting with others. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast that you're interested in continuing to grow and improve versus staying the same, which ultimately means that you're going backwards in your career. So who should you focus your networking efforts on in order to get and give the most benefit? Whether you're just getting started or you see the benefits of being more intentional about your networking strategy, I suggest starting small. Start with just three people that you're interested in getting to know more. And I do want to say quickly that I think you need to view your networking strategy just like you do anything else that is important and adds value. Consider it as an investment, it is more than likely not going to be an instant, quick fix strategy. You need to identify the people that you want to connect with, and then it's going to take some time to invest, which is exactly why, if you remember, I said I did networking the wrong way. I waited until I had a need before I started to get out and try to meet people, which meant that I had to take time to get to know them and build the relationships over time. If you want to be able to access your network when you do have a need, you need to invest. So back to those three people, I want you to identify three people that you're interested in connecting with in a more meaningful way. I mean, you may already be connected with them in some way or know of them, but these could be people that maybe they're in a similar career. Maybe they're someone that you would consider to be a mentor or an influencer in your life or in your industry. Maybe there are people in your industry that are ahead of you in the game or that someone that you feel like you can learn from. Or business leaders in the community. Maybe you want to meet with additional women leaders or people that work in a specific part of the community, whatever that might be. But think about who three people might be. So back to my transition time, remember, I was leaving the corporate world thinking I was going to start my own business. And so I identified people who worked as consultants, who had started their own business, people who were speakers, people who were also still in the corporate world, human resources, recruiting leaders. And I also identified some women business leaders, some really prominent people in my community that I wanted to get to know more. So once you've kind of gotten a list of people, so you're wanting to meet three, but you probably need to do kind of a brainstorm of some people that you'd like to connect with. The next step is thinking about how you're going to be able to get them to notice you, take your call, listen to your voicemail or open your email. And again... All of us know what it feels like to get an email or a voicemail or a phone call from someone that you don't know, that you've never met, and they're asking for your time, whether it's a cup of coffee or picking your brain or whatever it might be, and your first response is not a positive feeling. We think I don't have time for this. I don't know this person, but yet I feel bad and I feel like I should say something or maybe even you agree to the meeting and then you resent that person for it. So we don't want that in any way. It's not the right approach to ask for someone's time before you have had any kind of interaction with them or you've given anything to them to help build that relationship. The only exception to that is when you have a referral So in other words, a name of someone that they know that you actually know. I've had people who've used names of people that I know in the past to try to get uh, an opportunity to meet with me. And it turns out that person never sent them my way. So don't do that because that's definitely going to be a black mark. But if you have someone that is a mutual connection that when you reach out to them, you can say, Jennifer McClure suggested that I connect with you. That is more than likely going to get you a more positive response and potentially allow you to meet with someone that you haven't done any relationship building with prior. But for the most part, I think you're going to have to invest some time with that person to get them to notice you, to think it will be worth their time in order to meet with you. So again, maybe who is a referral or a trusted mutual contact that you can share with them that thinks it's a good thing for the two of you to connect. And by the way, if you are that trusted contact, usually it's best if you make that connection. But we're talking about you, trying to meet people that you wanna meet. Another way would be to follow their work or connect with them on social media, to interact with them, to share their stuff, to offer resources or help. I've built a lot of relationships over time through social media, through following people's blogs. Many of the people, if not most of the people that I've interviewed previously on this podcast, I've met through following their work, sharing their work, commenting on their work, and interacting with them or supporting them in some way. And I've even shared people on the podcast, like on my interview a couple of weeks ago with Bruce Waller. That's someone who I met because he started sharing takeaways from this podcast. He started interacting with me on social media. I enjoyed his message and what he was doing. So when Bruce asked me for some of my time, I was more than happy to give it because there'd already been a mutual investment on both sides. So of the people that you identify that you want to network with and build relationships with... What can you do to intentionally begin interacting with them? So not only that they notice you, but that you're adding value in their world. Once you feel like you have the opportunity to meet with them in person or to schedule a call, if you're not located in the same city, you're not going to be at a conference or event where you could connect. In order to get that, I would suggest asking for 20 minutes of their time. So being specific, you know, I would love to meet with you for 20 minutes just to ask you a few questions about your career, to learn more about the specific organization that you're involved with, to understand how you got started as a blogger or a speaker, whatever your interest might be. But I think the more specific you are about why you want to connect and you set a time frame on that connection, then that makes it easier for the person to say yes to They know specifically what is required of them. They know specifically what the conversation or interaction is gonna be about. I would suggest to you, if you're in a job search, whether it's now or ever, and you are out there and you do need to be connecting with people, it is not the right approach to say, I'd like to meet with you to talk about helping me to find a job. Because most of the people that you wanna meet with don't have a job in their back pocket, but they want to help you, especially if they do know you're new of you. And they feel bad if they say no to you when you're in a time of need. So even if you're in a job search or even if you do have a specific need, ideally frame your request to meet with them or to schedule a call with them as an opportunity to learn more about them. So what is it that you want to know about them? about their career path, about an organization they're involved in. Again, how did they get their start? Something that they know they're going to be able to offer to you, and it's going to be an easy conversation. What you need to be thinking about is, again, even if you're in a job search or you need something specifically, ultimately, from that person, You need to build the relationship first so that then they know more about you and they can offer ways to support you, help you, connect you with people, et cetera. But they're not gonna be able to do that right up front. So the request for meeting, interaction, networking should really be around, I would like to know more about you or something that you have expertise in. And then here's a tip, I think if you are in the same city and you're asking to meet with them, You've heard me say before, I personally don't drink coffee, so a request to meet for coffee or even to buy me lunch is a significant commitment of time. So it's very challenging when people reach out to me and again, good intentions on their part would like to meet for a cup of coffee or to buy me breakfast or lunch or for a drink or whatever that might be. You have to think about that as a significant commitment of time for that person. So in my case, I work from home, so I have to get ready. I have to drive somewhere to meet with you. That is more than likely going to be a two to three hour commitment, even if you ask for a quick meeting. So my strategy when I was networking, and I think this is something that you can learn from as well, is I asked for 20 minutes of their time and I would say, I would be happy to come to your office. So in other words, I'm not asking you to go out of your way. I'm not asking you to take time out of your day other than a few minutes, if that means meeting in the lobby of your office or if the person has an office and you can go in and sit down in a chair. But by giving them the option to either suggest a meeting elsewhere or to say yes to the opportunity to not have to leave their office to take much time away from their day. Again, you're, I think, viewed more as a person who values their time and who sees that it's important to, as the person who's asking of something of them, to be as accommodating as possible. I've been on the other end of that where people will request some of my time. I say yes, and it's happened more than once that somebody will say, I take all of my meetings at XYZ restaurant. And I'm like, I didn't know that I was coming to meet with you at your place of meeting. And by the way, that's an hour out of my way. So, you know, you don't want to have someone again be resentful. So offer the opportunity to meet with them on their turf, wherever that might be, if they work from home, offer them the opportunity to choose and tell them to choose a place that's most convenient for them. So even if you do live across town and they choose a place right down the street from their house or their office, it's your responsibility to take your time to go to meet with them. I think that's, again, helping you to be seen more favorably. And then when you do either get that phone call or that meeting with them, prepare in advance for that. This is not just a shoot the breeze type conversation. You've asked for 20 minutes of their time. You want to make the most use of that time and your focus during that time. And I think in networking in general, whether it's at a cocktail party or if you're meeting with someone in person, you are asking about them. That's your number one focus. Even as I said earlier, if you have a need, if it's something that you would like to ultimately get out of that interaction, the opportunity that you are taking at this time, the first interaction is to ask about them. So have some questions. If you want to learn how to be a speaker, then have some questions specifically about how did they get their start? What's something that they learned when they started that they would not do again if they had to do it over? You know, be very specific. Have some good, insightful questions. Curiosity will always be your best friend and your best conversation starter. And I think for me, again, as an introvert, it's not that I don't like to have conversations with people or to go out and network. It's that first kind of getting over the hump of walking in the room or meeting someone for the first time. But I'm naturally curious. And so that's always been really helpful to me because what I want to know is more. And then when you say something, I can find other questions to ask. So whether you're naturally curious or you're developing curiosity, remember the focus of the conversation is to talk about them. Then very, very important, again, you've asked for a specific amount of time, whether that's 20 minutes or if you were bold and ask for more time, it is your job to manage the time. So whether that's having a watch or keeping your phone open so that you can see the time when you hit, if you ask for 20 minutes, when you hit 18 minutes, you need to say, I want to thank you for the time that you've given me today. I asked for 20 minutes of your time and I want to be very respectful of your time. So I'm going to wrap up here. And then you either have a question that you're ready to ask as your final question. But more than likely, if you've connected with that person and they aren't on a tough time schedule, they will say potentially, Hey, I've got more time. You keep going. And then You can start going for maybe five or 10 minutes longer. But if they don't give you the cue that you have more than 20 minutes of time, again, you are going to be seen much, much more favorably if you wrap something up and you're in and out in 20 minutes than if you ask for 20 minutes and 45 minutes in, they're having to say, you know, I've got a phone call or another commitment that I have to get to. So absolutely manage the time. Two minutes before your time is over, you want to wrap up. And then when you wrap up, you have some specific questions that, again, are really designed to further the relationship. So a couple of things that you want to do. I don't suggest asking, is there anything that I can do to help you? Although the, the theory behind that is good. What you want to do is offer something specific that Whether you've learned something from the conversation or, again, about something that they know. You know, would it be helpful to you if I shared some resources with you to, you know, share more about X, something that we've talked about? I happen to know someone who's involved in this company or this industry. Would you like to potentially have an introduction to that person? Offer something of value and be specific, The reason why I say don't say, and I I know I've done this, and people have been very appreciative when I say, is there anything that I can do to help you? More and more, again, I get that. I, I say that to a lot of people still, and I get that in my direction a lot of ways. Is there anything I can do to help you? 99% 99% of the time, I have nothing in mind where you can help me. And so now it feels like a quiz. I feel like, oh, I don't have something in mind and I'm turning down your offer. So the more specific you can be, again, it it puts you in a better light. It helps you to get what you're looking for. And they can always say, no, I don't need anything right now, but you've offered to help. But the whole goal, remember, of your 20 minutes was to build relationship and the opportunity to continue the conversation. If you are actively networking and, you know, maybe like I was in, in my transition time trying to catch up, my goal during that time was always to connect with the person, to build enough trust in the interaction that we had that the last thing I could say is, you know, again, I've really enjoyed this conversation and appreciate the time that you've given me today. As I'm continuing to network, I'm looking to meet with more Blank, you know, women leaders like yourself, people in the, you know, metals and plastics industries like yourself, other people that I can potentially learn from or grow from who are writers or speakers, you know, whatever that specific request is. And then you say, is there anyone in your network that you would suggest that I connect with? I'm looking for maybe one or two more people that I could continue growing the relationship and learning more about. So if you've noticed, again, specificity in the requests and in the comments and in the activities that you're doing in your interaction with this person, ideally, if you've connected well with them and they understand enough about you through the questions that you've asked, or maybe they have asked you some questions about yourself, they'll have one or two names that pop to mind. And you need to have a pen and a pencil, not an electronic device. I'm old school like that pen and pencil show that you're paying attention, you're taking notes, and you write down that name if you can get their contact information right there. And then again, super important question. I would love to reach out to, you know, Jennifer and just continue the conversation with her. Would it be okay if I use your name and let her know that you suggested that we connect? Super, super important. Again, you're potentially going to be connecting with people now that you haven't had a build up to in time spent getting to know them or getting them to see who you are. So for them to open your email or to listen to your voicemail or to agree to meet with you or to that phone call, we're back to having a name. So if the person gives you a name, you ask, you know, I'd love to reach out to them. Would it be okay if I let them know that you suggested we connect? If they say no, then... something's gone wrong along the way. Even better, you you get a 100 star points if they say something like, you know what, I'd be happy to introduce the two of you. Let me reach out to him or her and connect you. Then, Then you know that the two of you have really connected and that they're willing to take some of their time and again, their personal capital to introduce you. But if they say, sure, you can use my name, you want to use that wisely. Again, not use it negatively, always use things like that for good. But when you reach out to that next person, you know, let them know that you recently had a meeting with Jennifer. She and I had a great conversation about X. I mentioned that I was interested in learning more about the topic and she suggested that I reach out to you. Would it be okay to have 20 minutes of your time? I would be happy to come to your office on a day that's convenient for you. So you kind of get the idea here. It's always about putting yourself in a position to allow the other person that you're interested in learning from or networking with the easiest path to help you, the least amount of time commitment or commitment to them, and you have no demands on them. You're not looking for a job, even if you are looking for a job, you're just looking to build relationships. You're looking to find ways that you can be helpful and you want to really kind of have some things in the back of your mind where you can be helpful. And again, back to my transition time, I tried to always recommend other people that I felt that they should connect with and offered to make that introduction myself. So again, I'm kind of modeling the behavior that I would be looking to from them. I was Asking, you know, offering the opportunity to share whether some blogs or resources or, of course, nowadays, I'm sure I would share podcasts that based off of our conversation they might be interested in. Or even better, if it's something that you know of a book that you think they might like, I think it would be great if you just sent them a book as a thank you. So kind of getting to thank yous. So you've met with them. You had a great conversation. You offered some things that you could help them with. They said gladly and thanks, and they maybe gave you a name or two of someone that you can continue the conversation with. You absolutely want to make sure that you thank them for spending time with you. Now, there's lots of discussions out there, and you may have your own opinions about whether an email thank you is as good as a paper or handwritten note thank you. I'm just going to leave it up to you. You choose the method that you think is you. (laughs) If you are a great handwritten note writer, I do think those are meaningful and impactful, even in today's world. I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, they don't value that or don't care about it. But I think almost everybody, if not everybody, will open a handwritten card, whether they immediately throw it in the trash. I think there's still a good sentiment or a feeling that's gotten when you get a handwritten note. I can tell you when I was actively networking once I became an executive recruiter and I agreed to to give away 10% of my time to helping people, I got some amazing amazing thank you notes including handwritten cards notes again that specifically referenced something in the conversation so I knew that it was not just a hey thanks for meeting with me card but they really took the time to think about the value that we had had in the interaction and I remember specifically one gentleman that I'm still connected with today we just had a great conversation he had asked for some of my time he came in we had a great conversation we shared some stories we had a lot of fun we laughed and there was a particular joke about Donkey Chains, you know, the the I think it's German, Donkey Chain was thank you. Don't don't quote me on that, but somehow that came up in conversation and he actually found a card that said, I you know, the inside of it was Donkey Chain for thank you. Um and that again, I know his name, Chuck. I know where he lives today. He's moved. Again, we stayed in touch. That just solidified a great connection. So if you can do something like that, I think it's always, always going to be a plus and a gold star. And I like gold stars. I've already shared that with you. But if nothing else, a quick email thank you is going to go a long way. If you feel so obligated, again, you want to share something like a book or a Starbucks gift card. If you know they drink coffee, they drink Diet Coke, then don't do that. I think there are ways, again, that depending on the level of value and connection that you had in the conversation that you can share that with them. So that's just a networking strategy that I think when you think of who, who are three people that you can start this process with, it might be a while before you're able to either request an in-person call or a meeting, but start investing in three people today. So remember, I said invest. What can you do to start connecting with those people, adding value, getting noticed as someone who's helpful, who values their content or their information? And if they don't blog or they don't do something like that, there are still ways that I think you can connect with them, whether it's showing up at events where you have some mutual interest, et cetera. Not in a stalker way, obviously, but you can show up at events, introduce yourself, offer to help, volunteer. You know, there are plenty of ways to come across people's radar. So when you think about who, think about three who's and start to invest in them today. All right, so we've talked about why you should network. We've talked a little bit about who you should network with, and now we'll finish up with kind of how. So I've also just shared a lot about how you can do that on a one-on-one kind of networking basis. But a lot of us, when we think of networking, you think about going to a conference or an event or a professional association meeting, something where you're gonna be out in the community, maybe you're gonna have a festive beverage in one hand, and you're gonna be walking around trying to connect with and interact with people. So if you are introverted, you might be thinking You know, here I am, I'm going to go stand in the corner with my drink and I won't know anyone and I won't know anyone to talk to. If you're extroverted, you're like, yay, all the people, I get to meet them and talk, 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 talk. Well, again, generalizations. Sorry about that if it offends you. But most of us fall somewhere on that spectrum. We're either excited about going to a networking event or a conference where there are going to be a lot of people that we don't know, and we look at it as just a green field of people, an opportunity to connect and talk and share. Or you're somewhere on the other end of the spectrum where you're like, this is not what I want to do. And I either have to do it, I need to do it, or I'm going to try to get better at it or you're somewhere in between. So I'm gonna give you some advice no matter where you fall on that spectrum in terms of how you can show up at events or conferences to again, connect with people in a meaningful way and maybe even some people that you've identified that you wanna connect with there. Give me a caveat, if you are that kind of individual who is so excited about going to an event and talking to everyone, my kind of observation and experience has often been for the extroverted among us, which again, doesn't include me, Often it's it's uh, more of a challenge to effectively network than those people realize. Some of them maybe are self aware enough to recognize because the tendency is just to really talk to people and get a lot of energy out of the talking and to not be specifically focused on you know what is the goal of the conversation again not in a kind of transactional way, but the goal in the sense of I'm here to either learn more about you, build relationship, continue the conversation beyond this event if it makes sense, or if it doesn't make sense, and, and it doesn't, frankly, make sense for us to you know have relationships or stay connected with everybody, then to at least have a good conversation and maybe learn enough about that individual that They are in the back of your mind as someone that you could connect someone else to, you know, so there are ways to help people that it doesn't make sense for you necessarily to continue to deepen the relationship with. But again, I'll go back to my strategy and it's still my strategy today because it's still not, you know, hey, networking event, five o'clock cocktails is not like, yay. Um, (laughs) It's like, okay, I'll go do this. And so I kind of developed a little I guess, strategy for how to approach that back in the day that I still implement today. And so I will go to that event um, almost always fashionably late. If it's five o'clock, then it's like 5.07. You know, you don't want to be there at 4.57. You don't want to be there right at five because you look eager. This is just me talking. You do you. (laughs) But I'm kind of like, okay, right after it's begun, hopefully people are already in swing. I walk in the room and I'll probably... 99% of the time, what happens is I walk in the room and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a whole lot of people here I don't know. I turn around, I go into the restroom and I give myself a pep talk. (laughs) So that pep talk will include, you can do this, you've done this, there are people out there that you know it would be great for you to meet with and connect with. So turn back around, go back into the room, it's probably 5.08 now. And I will tend to look for small groups of people. So groups of probably three or more Ideally, if it's two people, often they came together, they work together, they are just as much of a wallflower as me and they're sticking together and not really broadening their circle. But usually if it's three or more people, those are going to be people who probably didn't all come together, that maybe they do know each other or they're connected in some way. Even better if that group of three people... Appears to be having an energetic, fun conversation. So maybe they're laughing, people are smiling, somebody's telling a joke. That is a perfect group for me to look at and say, I'm going to go over there and try to get in on that conversation. So I just walk up. I say, when there's a breath in the conversation, it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun. Mind if I join you? And most often, That will be smiles and sure, you can join us. And sometimes they'll continue their conversation. And then maybe if I'm listening and it makes sense for me again to join in, I'm happy to do so. Sometimes they'll also kind of turn the conversation to me. Why are you here? You know, what what is it that you're looking to get from from this event? So both of those things can happen. And then. It's also sometimes still high school out there. Maybe those people do know each other. They want to just talk to each other and they either aren't welcoming to you when you ask to join their conversation. They probably won't say, no, you can't, but you kind of know when you don't fit. And then you can listen for a few minutes, thank them for their time, walk away, try to find another group of three. So that's how I approach it. Again, depending on you know how comfortable you are with networking, I've found that to be a great way to both engage in some fun conversations with people, but to kind of ease myself into connecting with people where almost always there's some topic of the conversation that I can join in on or begin to talk more with one or two people in the group and then continue the conversation in a more meaningful way. I do want to Always caution you and myself included, let's say you step into a conversation like that, you meet somebody you really like, you've got all the things in common, they love horses, they love Diet Coke, all the things I love, I have to make sure that I'm managing my time at this event, I didn't come to just meet with someone that, you know, again, one person. Probably there to make sure that I'm meeting with more than one person. And so at some point, I'll need to excuse myself from the conversation. That might mean I introduce them to someone else that walks up or in some way, kind of let them know that I'm going to move along to someone else, or maybe I take somebody with me. But to keep the networking going, I think, is an important thing to do. And it was interesting, just recently, I was at a Disrupt HR Minneapolis St. Paul event, where, again, I didn't know anybody, it really, that was there, a couple people. And so I was out doing this exact thing. I had met a couple of ladies that were having a conversation. They did happen to work together. So again, that's if you find the two people, they often work together. But we were kind of standing around a round table just having a conversation and a woman walked up and she said you guys look like you're having a great conversation mind if I join you and I'm like oh a student. (laughs) Now, she didn't know me, but it worked really well. And it ended up she and I started having a conversation, really enjoyed talking with her. She was a fascinating lady and uh, it was great to meet Andrea at that event. And as we talked a little bit more, she shared some information about kind of where she was at in her career and looking to really, you know, she had come to the event to try to broaden her network and meet more people. And I said, you need to meet my friend Tiffany here in Minneapolis. And so I sent an email to Tiffany after the event and ask if I can introduce Andrea to her and connected the two of them and now they can take it from here. But that again is an opportunity, both on the receiving end and if you are the person at the event to look for ways to connect with people. So as you've heard me say several times throughout this, we really have to be kind of intentional in networking, have some goals, have a plan. Maybe sometimes your plan is just to go and have fun, and that's okay, too. But if you're there to really meet people, I'm going to give you, if you take nothing else away from this podcast, here's the gold star strategy. This is all about the gold, gold stars. I didn't say this, but I've said it to other people. I don't know who originally said it, but it was a great thing to say. Your focus at an event like this, whether it's networking or just in life in general, you will have a better connection with people. You will get more out of the interactions if you focus on being interested instead of interesting. That's where I think a lot of us fall down. We feel self-conscious. And so we're like, you know, is anybody gonna wanna talk to me? I don't really have anything to say. I don't have a lot to share. That's not your job. Your job is to be interested in others. Back to that curiosity. Who can you find to talk to? And then what kind of things can you be curious about that they share so that the conversation blossoms and continues? Their job is to be interested in you. And depending on how good they are at asking you questions, they will or and also how, how much of a connection there is between the two of you, then they may be very interested in you You don't have to be super interesting or try to be interesting for that to happen. That tends to happen naturally. So your mantra when you go to an event is, I am going to be interested and not worry about being interesting. That'll just happen on its own. So that will get you very far if you just continue to think about what's a good question that I could ask. So I promised you earlier at the beginning of the podcast that I'd share 10 questions and there are dozens and dozens of questions that you can ask beyond the who are you and what do you do, which that is that is not, you're not getting a gold star from me for that. So who are you, what do you do is often either on their name tag or it is a way that people introduce themselves. So that's fine. But what I want you to do in your quest to be interested and curious is you need to come armed with some good conversation questions that are not only good for keeping the conversation flowing, but are actually going to help you to identify and learn more about people in a way that will help you to see if these are people that you guys should continue the connection. So one of my favorites is always what brought you here today? So that might be at a networking event, that might be at a conference over the lunch, whatever that might be, instead of, you know, where do you work and what do you do, which is, again, kind of a finite conversation. What brought you here today? Do you come to this event every year or every month? You know, what is it that you're looking to get for out of the event? So that's question number one. What brought you here today? That is probably going to tee up, if you're listening and you're curious and you're interested, some good avenues for you to ask follow-up questions and keep the conversation going. You know, they might say, I was interested in this speaker. A follow-up question might be, have you heard the speaker before? What is it that interested you about them? So listen to what they're saying and follow up with good questions. The second question that's just a good networking question is, what's been your biggest takeaway from the event thus far? If that is an event, again, where maybe it's just a networking event, you know, what's been your biggest takeaway from someone you've had a conversation with thus far? If it's a conference or a professional association event where there's a speaker or a program and the programs happen, what was your biggest takeaway from the program? I tend to ask when I'm, you know, at conferences where maybe even I'm speaking, I will often say, who's been your favorite speaker at the event? and if they don't say me then of course they get shunned but <laughs> no they don't i'm you know even if i've already spoken certainly not fishing for compliments there and you know a lot of times they don't say me sometimes they they do and that's always funny if they if they do but it's really, again, the question is out there to try to tee up some conversation. Who's been your favorite speaker or what's been your biggest takeaway from the event is a great, great way to have them kind of share something specific that then is either going to be a good tidbit for you or something you can ask more questions about. Another questions to ask, so question number three, who have you enjoyed meeting or who would you suggest I connect with at this event as well? So who have you enjoyed meeting with? Maybe if it's, you know, later on in the evening, they've already had a chance to have some conversations, then that's another way for you to identify more people to keep the conversation going. But it's also a way for you to learn more about the people in the room and to keep the conversation flowing. Question number four, and again, maybe now you've you've already kind of gotten the who are you, what do you do, why are you here, questions out of the way. Just a good general conversation starter. What's the best book you've read recently? Or if you listen to podcasts, what's your favorite podcast? And of course, they're going to say Impact Makers, and you're going to go, me too. Um, <laughs> but if they don't, maybe you'll get another podcast that you can add to your list or a book that you haven't read. And of course, again, you're being interested and curious. So it's not just what's the favorite book that you've read when they share, you know, Steve Brown's HR On Purpose If you haven't read it, say, what was it about the book that you really enjoyed? Or if you have read it, you can bond over kind of your both mutual takeaways from that book. Number six, what is your favorite thing about the work you do or where you work? And again, this is a good question to kind of get them to think. They'll probably laugh and think, oh, I've never really thought about that or nobody's ever asked me that. So when you get people saying things like, no one's ever asked me that, or I haven't thought about that, you know that's a good question because you're kind of forcing them to think more deeply. And I think in some ways, there's probably research that's been done about this. It endears them in some way to you because you're asking them to kind of turn the lens back on themselves. But again, you're going to hear some things that, oh, tell me more. So your company does this and that's what you really enjoy. That sounds cool. I'd like to tell me a little bit more about that. It might be a great takeaway that you could take back to your team and implement at your event. Then number seven is a question, again, we're trying to just learn more about people, to connect, to build trust, to have more of a relationship with someone than just a drink at an event. What do you do for fun outside of work? Now, again, this is probably going to make people smile. Some people are going to, you know, take the easy route and say, I don't do anything for fun. I have kids, you know, whatever. There's probably a question you can find there. But If you ask me that question, you know exactly what I'm going to say, right? It's going to be all horses all the time, and I'm going to have to regulate myself to make sure that I don't just bury you in horse talk. (laughs) But sometimes that happens and it's a fellow horse person. And then we are fast friends and I've met people all over the world where I'm like, oh my gosh, you ride horses too? What type is your horse? What type of riding do you do? Well, let me tell you about my horse. It just becomes a great conversation, especially if you have something in common. But even then, I have to remember this is not about me and my hobby and what I do. If I'm asking that question, I have to make sure that I kind of come back to what they're talking about and why they like it and why they enjoy it. And then it's their responsibility, again, to be interested in me if they are. Usually I can tell right away if horses are not their thing, and you probably can too. Question number eight, what is the best piece of career advice that you've either gotten or that you've given? Now, getting a little bit deep here, but again, you're forcing that person to kind of talk about themselves, their philosophies, but at the same time, maybe you'll get a great tidbit out of that or something that you want to learn more about or even better, something that you have in common. But I think that's a great way, again, to get them to think about what they've learned from others, or if they have some great wisdom to share themselves, the opportunity to share it. We like to talk about ourselves. Most people, we don't get asked enough about ourselves. When you think about it, when's the last time someone was really, really interested in you and wanted to learn more about you? So, if you want to build rapport, if you want people to like you, if you want them to want to have more interaction with you, the best path is going to be to ask about them. Question number nine, we're on the home stretch here. What is the most exciting or interesting thing that you're working on at the moment? So, again, some people will cop out and say nothing, you know, my company's crap, my job is crap. You probably haven't gotten that far in a conversation with somebody like that anyway because they've already shut you down. But for the people who then share something exciting or interesting, maybe it's a unique problem or a challenge or maybe you share that challenge. So, again, it's a great way to find something interesting to talk about and maybe a commonality that you could connect with someone on. And then number 10, again, I could go on with this for days. And if you just Google great networking questions, there's there's lots of advice out there. But if you are at, you know, even or again, a professional association meeting or a conference, I would ask a question like, what are other conferences or events that you attend or that you'd recommend that I check out? Just another way to keep the conversation going, but also to find a path for me to continue my growth and development. So if you notice kind of in those questions, just the 10 that I shared, and as I said, I could come up with a lot more, but I think that's a good start for you. They are questions that try to open people up, try to find some commonalities for you. Because we're here for the purpose of networking and networking is growing professionally in your relationships and in your knowledge and and in your professional and personal growth. So we're looking for the people that it makes sense to invest more time with or the resources or information that we can continue to follow through and grow beyond the event. So I hope I've given you some good strategies today, some things to think about. Remember, you don't want to be like me where you are starting networking from scratch and you have to get the remedial plan where somebody gives you three names to start with. You need to have an active network, you know, whether it's the people that you call at 2 a.m. or just the people that you call and ask for advice or that you want to meet with periodically or that you end up at the same events or meetings and you are able to have a good conversation with them. Having a really strong network that when you do need something is there to help you and wouldn't think twice about it. It's not an inconvenience for the people that care about you and that you've invested in along the way. It's going to be the most helpful thing that you will have in your career. It's not uncommon for someone to reach out to me, whether it's on LinkedIn or if they know me in person, or maybe they've gotten you know through to scheduling some sort of networking meeting with me. If they ask a question like, I've been considering getting my MBA, what are your thoughts on that? My answer is always the same, whether it's the MBA question or changing careers or a lot of the various questions you get about kind of career growth. My answer to that is if you have the time and money to get an MBA, then more education is always good. But the biggest thing that's going to be helpful to you in your career is to invest in your network. So if I had the choice between going back to school or continuing my education versus spending time, if I have a limited amount of time and resources on growing my network, then it would be 100% to spend time on growing your network because people get jobs through other people. People get career growth through being helped along through other people. People meet their spouses, other friends, you know. Everything, when you think about it, that comes to you that is of meaning and value probably came to you through a relationship that you have and someone that helped you along the way. So it's always great to be smarter, to learn more, to read books, to get an education, whatever that might be. But remember, you get tremendous value when you invest in yourself And I think you get even more value when you invest your time and energy into others, to learning about them, and then the benefits come from that naturally versus calling on people when you have a need and having not everyone teed up to help you in the right way. So I hope that's been helpful to you. So that's some strategies and networking tips for you to use to get out there to grow your network. I'd love it if you share with me either a takeaway from this podcast or something that you learned or the action you're going to take. You can always share anywhere out there online with the hashtag hashtag Impact Makers podcast, I'll find it. I'd love to learn from you as well. And I do appreciate you for listening to this podcast. And we've got more good stuff coming up next week here on the Impact Makers podcast. Hope you're having a great day. It's time for you to get noticed, create change and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review.